the right perspective, the right perspective. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to minister to us. We pray for revelation knowledge to come forth, your anointing to touch each and every life in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's considered Palm Sunday, and uh, even though I don't have a Palm Sunday message, um, if you came to hear that, um, you'll still hear a message. It just won't be Palm Sunday, but this is the time that Jesus came into Jerusalem just a few days before uh, he was going to be crucified, and uh, the whole city was celebrating him, throwing palm branches out, uh, and he was riding on a donkey, and they were shouting out the praises. And But Melly had a really good article. If you're on the emailing list, she sends that out every Saturday. And uh, so she talked about this yesterday. And uh, she said, no, Jesus knew that within just a few days, the same people that will be yelling praises to God on that day, in just a few days, they'll be yelling crucify him. You know, you might have a tendency to think, I'm not receiving your praise. Matter of fact, I'm going to pray Jerusalem just opens up and everybody gets swallowed. But he didn't have that kind of attitude. I said he didn't have that kind of attitude. And so I'm thankful that God just has the, it, that's who God is. But guess what? That same spirit is in you and me today. I said the same spirit that Jesus had when he came in on Palm Sunday is the same spirit that you and I have. Amen? This is the scripture we've been going over every Sunday. We just read it every Sunday because we believe that this will impact our church and our nation. John 16, 33, the Amplified Version says, I've told you these things so that in me... You may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Amen. Amen. He's conquered it for us. You know, there's a familiar story in the Bible of Gideon. You know, in reading the book of Judges, uh, you see that it's, it's a cycle in the book of Judges. You know, the, the children of Israel, they would start serving other gods and being just forgetting God altogether. And then the enemy would come in and, and uh, really take over and cause much tribulation, death, and trials toward them. And so they would cry out to God, and God would send a deliverer. They would get delivered, and then they would stray away from God and serve other gods, and the enemy would come in. They would cry out to God, and Judges is it just over and over. And you talk about the mercy of God. I mean, about after the third time, I would just, if I was God, which I'm, you're probably thankful that I'm not, but I would just say, you know what? I'm telling you what. You know, after three times, I think um, you're just going to suffer, and. Um, but he didn't. Every time they cried out, every time they cried out to God, he responded and gave them a deliverer. One of the deliverers was Gideon. 
And so uh, the Midianites had come in. Now, this is just really terrible. They would come in during the time of harvest. They would attack them during the time of harvest. You know, they would have thousands of soldiers come in, and all the children of Israel would be gathering their harvests, and they would wait till they planted, until they, you know, took care of the weeds and had a great harvest, and then the Midianites came in to take over. And so this is what was going on with Gideon. Actually, he was in fear and he was hiding. In Judges chapter 6, verse 12, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, Gideon was hiding. He was fearful. But God says this to him. Sir Gideon, sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, Why has all this happened to us, and where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against just one man. Now, there's several things that are in this chapter. You know, first of all, Gideon says, you know, if God's with us, then why has all this happened? Do you realize this whole chapter The angel of the Lord didn't even respond to that. Didn't even answer it. You know why? Because God was with them. You know, there's certain times that, you know, there's certain prayers that that we've all prayed that just don't get an answer because it's like, really? You you may have done this or have heard this prayer. I've prayed this. You know, somebody's going on vacation, you know, and we just say, you know, let's just pray that the Lord will be with them as they travel. Really? You have to pray that? You won't hear God going. You'll just hear cricket, cricket, cricket. You won't hear God. You know why? Because the Bible says that God will never leave you nor forsake you even on vacation. Just so you know. Even if you're going to Hawaii in a plane, I mean, God's still going, Woo, now God, we're going on an aircraft this time. So really, I just need to make sure that, you know, that all those engines are working while we're going over that. I just want to make sure that you're with me. You're not going to hear God. Are you hearing me? So this is the kind of prayer that Gideon was praying. And just so you know, you need to stop praying those kind of prayers. You need to have confidence that, you know what? God, and don't be critical. If you're some little Bible study and somebody goes, Lord, let's just pray. No, I, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't. <laughs> you know, I, I'll preach something like this, and then I hear later on, you know, like, you know, people come out with a hatchet and go, don't pray like that. We're a loving church. <laughs> just put the axe down. Take away the machete. Drop the AK-47 because we're going to do this in love. All right? But God didn't answer that. But uh, this is what Gideon thought that he was hidden, that he was, and he just wanted the the angel of the Lord to know in case he didn't. You know, this was uh, 
something that he felt like God should know that just I, my tribe is the least of all the 12 tribes. And in that tribe that is the least of the 12 tribes, I, our family is the least in the tribe and I am the least in my family. So in other words, I'm at the bottom. I'm not the bottom of the barrel. I'm underneath the barrel. Just so you know, this is who I am. This is who I am. And yet God says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. It was just amazing how Gideon's perspective and God's perspective was totally different and at opposite ends. I just think this is how we are today. We don't see ourselves as God sees us. And furthermore, we don't see people the way that God sees them. You know, if you want to have a great marriage, does everybody want to have a great marriage? If you want to have a great marriage, you know, it's easy after you've been married six months, six days, maybe six hours. But, I mean, after a while, you just think, dear Lord, they got flaws. You know, I didn't know they had these flaws while we were dating. I didn't know they had so many issues. And this is the thing. We look after people. And if you have friends, there's been people who have been friends for many years. And all of a sudden, they're no longer friends because of something that was said, something that was done. And we can be so critical and judgmental towards people. It just seems like Christians can, you know, like, oh, did you see that? They, they dyed their hair. Oh, yeah, so I did. Purple. Purple. I'm not advocating erotic diet. You know, that'd be great for Easter. Why don't y'all do it? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> have you been to the purple church? But uh, we get so critical and judgmental on the outside of what people are and what they do. We can be very critical, very judgmental. And yet God knows us from the inside, not from the outside. Man is a triune being because we're created in the image of God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Man, we have a body, we have a soul, but the real you is a spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now... May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation says, Now may the God of peace, harmony, set you apart, making you completely holy, and may your entire being, your entire being, what is your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Spirit, soul, and body. So the spirit is where we have a connection with God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So inside of you is the spirit of God. And Mike Davis and whoever you are, who you are, the spiritual man you are, is not on one side and Jesus on the other side. No, the Bible says that you are intertwined to where you are one and cannot seem the difference. Is that awesome? 
There's no different. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees you and Jesus as one. He that, it, this is not my opinion, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Jesus doesn't, and God doesn't see Jesus when he looks at me. That's your perspective. But the right perspective is the word of God. Would, he, would we all agree with that? So that's why we got to find out what the word says about you and moi. We have to find out what it says about you. Because you and I are going by our perspective. Our perspective is, I've got issues. I've got insecurities. I've got this problem. I've got that problem. I think this wrong, and I think that wrong. And, and so you will come to a conclusion that I may not be righteous. I not be, may be in right standing with God. When God says, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God, and you've been made that way. You've been made that way and didn't have to work to get that. It is a gift from God. So the Spirit is who you really are, and it's where we contact God. It's how we relate to God. Your soul is your will, your mind, and your emotions. Your will, that's where you make your decisions, your chooser. Your mind is where that's what we think with, our thoughts, our imagination. And, you know, a lot of people think it's your brain. Your brain is just like a processor. It's just a, like a computer. It's a processor. It takes the thoughts of the mind and turns them into words and impressions and concepts and ideas that we can understand. You know, your, your brain will tell you, oh, this feeling is joy. This feeling is hunger. You have a feeling called hunger. And then your emotions. It's a product of what you think. You know, if you're sad, it's because of what you've been thinking. If you're happy, it's because of what you've been thinking. If you're depressed, it's because of what you've been thinking. And then the body, it's how we relate to the world, the five senses. And it's amazing that our society around the world, we put more emphasis on the body than we do the other two. We really do, you know. I mean, all the advertisement, I don't, you know. Aren't you thankful that you don't, you know, with all the high-tech, Stuff and watching different shows, you don't even have to watch commercials. But there was a day for you younger people that we had to watch commercials, you know. And you could always see this nice sports car, and and the sports car would be some model woman. I mean, it it wouldn't be you know just any lady. It was like on a scale of one to ten, she was a fifteen. And you know, you, and so most people were looking at the woman instead of the car. And so, most guys, okay. But anyway, so you would look at, and you would think, well, if I get that car, I could possibly get the woman. <laughs> but that was the point that they were trying to make. That was advertising. The imagination. But who are you? Who are you? You're a spirit. The real you is a spiritual person. And that's who God sees. And that's who God wants you to see because that's the true you. And your spirit is perfect. People go, well, I'm not perfect. Well, your mind, the way you think and the way you act, no, you're not perfect. But the real you is perfect. The real you is perfect before God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he that, uh, that when you give your life to the Lord, the Bible says you become a... New creature, 
Old things, everything passes away, and behold, everything becomes new. One translation says this, you become a new species that never has existed before. You still have the same body, still have the same mind, but the inside, God took that person, buried it, crucified it, and buried it, and put a brand new resurrected spirit on the inside of you. That is made one with him. Wow. That's a powerful thing. John 4, 24 says this. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the connection is that we connect with God with our spirit. And so many times we try to think and connect with our mind. And God says, I am spirit. He'll use your mind. He'll use your thoughts. Don't get me wrong. He will. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, but he is joined to the Lord as one spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor it has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I've heard that scripture most of my life, and that's where people stop. Right there. You know, it says... Eyes not seen, nor ear heard that what are entered into the heart of man, which the things that God has prepared for those in love. And so people think that's talking about things that God has prepared for us in heaven, which is true. But that's not all. You know, man, I was raised up in, with the fact that you just really hang on until you get to heaven and everything will be okay when you get to heaven and everything that God has done for you is heaven, is about heaven. And I believe that's a lie that the church has bought into and that we should just struggle and do the best we can and just all hang on to the fact that we're going to get to heaven one day. Because this scripture says that the things which God has prepared for those who love him but you go to the next scripture, it says, but God, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, just the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So this is what he's saying. Man, in your mind, you can't think of what everything that God has done for you. You can't understand with your mind everything that God has done for you and even everything that God has made you. Your mind can't comprehend that, you know, if I screw up, if I mess up, or if I sin, your mind will say, I'm not the righteousness of God. But the Spirit of God inside of you will say, you're the righteousness of God because that's the way I made you. I made you that way. And you have to get a hold of that. But your mind has a hard time wrapping around that. But it says that everything that God is, the spirit within will teach you that. So this is why we go to church. This is why we read. This is why we pray to God. Why? Because we want to understand everything that is within. Everything that is within. Behold, God says that I'm going to do... Exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, Ephesians 3.20. And we stop there and we think, God, I want you to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. Let me just say this. 
That just made my brain go tilt one day when I was dwelling on that. How is God going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask with my mouth or even something that I think about? He's going to, because if I want God to do something above that, how can he do above that if I'm not thinking about that? Did you get that? How can that be? Well, two things on that scripture, or there's many things, but two things is this. You can have a revelation on the inside that will bypass your brain, that you can't even, your brain will go tilt. So it's everything from within. The second thing, that scripture says that God will do exceedingly abundantly, Ephesians 3.20, will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that is within us. Guys, there's just times that we just need to dwell that I've got the power of God within me. I've just got the power of God within me. I've got the power of God within me. I'm telling you, when I'm facing some kind of attack on my body, a knee or fever or something coming on me, I will start doing, sometimes I'll start doing that. I've got the power of God within me. I've got the power of God within me. I just believe that the power of Almighty, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. You think it took a lot of power to raise Jesus from the dead? You think it, you th- you think it did? I just want to make sure if you, you, think, you think it was just like a, a sniff and got, you know. No, it took a lot of power to raise Jesus from the dead. It did. And that's the same power that's in you and me. And we, we don't comprehend that. And so you meditate upon it. You confess and you say, man, i got the same power. And all of a sudden, if you get a light bulb revelation moment when you truly believe that, that symptom is so insignificant. So little. Even cancer is such a littlest thing in the world. And you can tell whether or not how big your God is by the circumstance or symptoms that you're facing. If you think it's Pike's Peak and God is the Kansas City Plains, then you have the wrong perspective. Don't get me wrong. We all do that from time to time. We think what we're facing is Pike's Peak and that our God is smaller than the problem that we're facing. And this is why you need to meditate and get the word out and talk to God. And then Mark eleven twenty three 23 says to talk to your mountain about how big your God is. And so you have to do that. You talk to your mountain. You talk to your body. I tell my kids, they, sometimes they make fun of me. You know, I said, you know, they go, oh, man, I got a sore throat. And the first words out of my mouth, what are they? Talk to it. Speak to it. Are you talking to it? And they chuckle. (laughs) I'm serious. You talk to your throat. You talk to that virus that's trying to come on you. You say, well, that's just weird. I'm pretty sure the disciples thought Jesus was weird when he spoke to a fig tree. And he said, nobody's going to eat from you ever again. (laughs) They probably thought, (laughs) John, that was weird. Weird, weird, just weird. Talk to it, weird. The next morning, they walked by the same path. 
fig tree died dead or in a doornail. Man, it wasn't so weird. It wasn't so weird. Man, there's something into this, speaking to this thing. And so the disciples said, Jesus, the tree, the tree, that tree, it's dead. They were all like, wow. Jesus said, have faith in God. The same kind of faith. Have faith. Have faith. Not only can you speak to this fig tree, you can speak to this mountain to be plucked up and removed and cast into the sea, and it shall obey God. No, it shall obey you. We have the wrong perspective of what's inside of us. You're not going to get any more power when you get to heaven than you have right now. I said, you're not going to get any more power when you get to heaven than what you have right now. The church has to grab a hold of this. Why? Not only for you. There are so many people that are sick, hurting, dying, and suffering. And you and I have the answer on the inside of us. We do. We have the power in us to help people. We do. But if we don't know we do, then we're just like the world. Just get by the best you can. Do what you can. But I'm believing that we are being awakened like never before. I believe we're going to be are living in the greatest days that the world has ever seen. That's what I believe, and I have to believe that. That's why I don't watch the news, because the news will go contrary to like, this is bad. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, This is why the scriptures say, Things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to even imagine. There are many things God has in store for all his lovers. But now God unveils those profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us the inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for the, that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. So the way that I'm preaching this morning, your mind's going to just go, <laughs> so you're in la-la-line, Pastor. I mean, did you? What did you? You smoked something this morning. How can you think like that? How can you say that, Pastor? Because it's within the spirit that comes out and says things like this that your mind goes, it's just hard for me to understand that and comprehend that, that I have the same power that God has on the inside of me, living inside of me. If that is true, why, why am I still suffering? Why am I hurting financially? Why am I hurting physically and everything? And I get that. And so people will say that, and they will base everything upon what they are sensing with their body, their five senses, and make their conclusions off of that. I've done it. You've done it. We do it. 
but I'm doing less today than I was six months or a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago. Why? Because you start learning. I can speak to my mountain. I can speak to my checkbook. What? Yeah, you can speak to your checkbook. You can speak to things if you believe that you have the power within you. You can start having faith that life will change for you, that your body will not get weaker and weaker, but it will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the problem you've been having with your knee, with your back, with your heart pressure, with this or whatever, it's been there for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You can start believing that starting tomorrow, this is going to start getting better and better and better and better and better. I'm going to believe that it's getting better and better and better instead of staying the same or getting worse. You can believe that. You can believe that. Ephesians 4.24. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness. Did you hear that? God has recreated you. And how has he recreated you? In his perfect righteousness, and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. Oh, I'm telling you. It's a powerful truth. It's a powerful truth to start thinking different. So you and I have to renew our mind. That's part of your soul, your mind. So you have to renew that part of your body to start thinking differently. Because in Proverbs it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So even though the angel told Gideon, hey, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. You're just full of the favor and the power. You are a hero. I could sing the hero song, but you all would leave. But, I mean, he's a hero. And what was Gideon thinking? I'm the least of all Jerusalem, of all of Israel, all of all the 12 tribes. I'm the least. That's what his perspective was. But he had an encounter with God that said something different. I said he had an encounter with God that said something different. This is how you see things, and this is how you see yourself, Gideon. But I'm going to show you and reveal to you a truth. I'm going to tell you, you want me to tell you how if God is with me, then why are all these bad things happening? And people are still saying the same thing today, that thousands of years. If God is true, why does this happen? If God is real, why is Ukraine being invaded? If God is true, I... And people are still saying the same thing today. And God has responded with the same answer. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Don't let what's going on on the external change what has been done on the inside of you and me today. But Gideon got a a light bulb moment. Gideon was told, the angel says, Gideon, you're going to go in the strength that you have. You mean I'm going to go against this mighty, massive army in my strength? But he said this, God is going to be with you. That's all you need to know. God is going to be with you. So you take your strength, combine it with God being with you, 
and you will fight this army as if it was just one man. How can that be? I don't know, but Gideon believed it. The Bible says he got up and he did exactly what the angel of the Lord said that he would do. He wiped out all the enemy, but it was the power of God that did it. You read that story, the enemy started killing themselves. Started killing themselves. They didn't even have to be defeated because of the wisdom that God gave Gideon. I'm telling you, you're just one nugget revelation away from having victory in the area that you've been struggling with maybe for decades. Maybe you've been struggling. I've heard people say, I've just struggled financially. I've even heard people in this church say, I can't prosper. I just don't know what it is. I can't prosper. <laughs> well, we could start with your thinking and talking and speaking. That's what we need to work with first. When you say, I can't, that's like Gideon saying, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, put a button, a zipper on that mouth. It's better just to not say anything. But you've got to start believing. Getting a different perspective. Not only can I prosper, but I am prospering because God takes Psalms 35, 27. We say it every Sunday. We say it every Sunday. And yet I've heard people <laughs> in this church saying, I can't prosper. And you wonder why we keep saying that scripture. God takes... Pleasure in the prosperity of his, of you, of you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be a blessing. He wants you to help people that are in need. He wants you to help people. But you cannot help people. You will not be able to help people. You can't give to people what you don't have. You can't. Oh, I would like to. I've had people say this, you know, Pastor, I'll close with this. You know, Pastor, you know, if, if I win the laundry, lottery, laundry, <laughs> if I win the laundry, I'll give you all of my dirty underwear. I'm telling you. <laughs> if, I win the, <laughs> if I win the lottery, you know, I, I'm going to bless the church. You know, and I just smile. <clears throat> I'm not really going to get excited about that. I'm not. A lot of times, you just need to do what you can now to start off with, though. You do. What can you do now? With the faith of believing that I will do more and that my goal, my desire is, and don't get me wrong, God wants you blessed to have a nice house, car, whatever you, but the bottom line is, how can you bless other people? How can you help other people? You see somebody in need, man, I'll tell you what. Man, you know, you see somebody drive a car to church, and it, you just think, wow, how did you make it? <laughs> but in the back of your mind, you could be thinking, I want to get them a new car. I'm going to get them a new car. I'll tell you what, you start thinking like that, hmm. Things will start changing for you. I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to bless that person. Oh, the man, they, they, they've been 
they've been renting all their life into really low rent districts, you know, nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to bring shame or anything, but, I, you know, there's just something to me that says, man, we ought to buy them a house. We ought to buy them a house. I mean, I don't think it's good for you to have to be uh, packing it just to go home at nighttime, carrying a gun. I don't think you should have to carry. If you want to carry a gun, that's fine. But, I mean, you should not have to just because you think I may not make it to my front door. It would be nice to be able to move out of that area, don't you think? I mean, if that was your daughter, your son, would you want them to be in a little bit safer neighborhood? I said, if that was your son or daughter, would you want them to be in a safer neighborhood? How much more does your heavenly father? We sang about him this morning. He's a good, good father. How much more would he want to say, now I'm going to teach you something in that, what, dodging bullets? I mean, is that what you, no, you, God wants, to te- wants you to come out of that and be able to live in a safe environment. Let's stand. Amen? Amen. Let's get a different perspective. That God is a good God. He's a good father. But we have to start being able to see who we are spiritually to get a different perspective of us, not making everything based on the natural. And this will help you in everyday life and seeing people around you in the same way. So I pray this prayer. God, help me to see my wife like you see her. Because right now, I'm not seeing so much. God, help me to see my friend like this. You know, man, that, you know, this person, they're just, you know, some people can be just like they had razor blades in their cornflakes or something every morning. Every morning they're just grouchy, grumpy, and you just think, wow, wow. Well, instead of being critical, how many times have you prayed for that person? How many times have you prayed for your boss? How many times have you prayed for that person who's a thorn in your flesh? How many times? How many times have you prayed for yourself to see them the way that God sees them? I just love the story of Zacchaeus. He was a wicked tax collector who fraud, and he was he worked for the Roman government. And he was a Jew, so all the Jewish people hated all the the Jews who worked for the Roman government because they got to swindle and you know instead of saying you go to pay your taxes all your taxes today were $50 well you told me they were going to be 40 that was yesterday today it's going to be 50 and he would get to pocket the money and the Jewish people knew that they were stealing but if they didn't do it all the, the tax collectors would have to do is go to the Roman government and saying he's not paying his taxes off with their head <laughs> wow and so people have paid. So that's the kind of man Zacchaeus was. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house. All the religious people said, oh. All the Jewish people even said, oh. Jesus shows up at his house. Listen to me. He shows up to his house. He doesn't tell him one thing about how he's a filthy, dirty, conniving thief the love of God enters the house of Zacchaeus love entered his house and love 
transformed Zacchaeus into a new man without being told how bad or horrible a person he was. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and Zacchaeus says, everything that I've taken wrongly, I'll pay back double. Anybody I've done wrong, I'll make it right. And not only make it right, I'll pay more and above. Jesus just smiles and says, salvation is coming to this house today. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. You, you, he didn't pray the prayer. <laughs> he, he didn't even, wait a minute, he, he didn't ask for forgiveness. He, he, he didn't do any of that. You know, we make such a big deal about that. God looks at the heart. He looks at the spiritual man, and he looks at what is motivating that. He says, that's where change takes place. That's where change takes place. Changed him totally without anybody hitting him over the head with what the word says or how terrible he is or being critical or judgmental. Jesus didn't say one critical thing to Zacchaeus. He didn't say one judgmental thing. He just said, just want you to know love is here. Love never fails, never fades out, becomes obsolete or comes to an end. And love will never fail you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you that your love is helping us to have a different perspective. Your love is helping us to see ourselves, not only people, but God, we need to see ourselves. You said to look into the perfect law of liberty. Look into this mirror and you will see who you truly are. Help us as believers to look into your word, to look into the face of Jesus when we spend time with him, to look at Jesus and get a reflection of who we truly are. So that we can change our family, we can change our friends, so we can just change our, our city, our society, one person at a time, by the love of God, seeing people differently, having a different perspective. I pray that for all of us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. On my left and on your right, these people will pray with you, pray for you. If you don't have that right perspective, they'll help you and pray for you about that. You're hurting in your body. They'll pray for your body. Pray for you. you. Say, you can do that? Yeah, the Bible says this. Believers shall lay hands on the sick. And what happens, church? And they shall recover. Isn't that a great scripture? Why did he give us that scripture? Because he knew there was going to be sickness on this planet. And he says, I'm going to give you something to help people in the time of sickness and pain and disease. A believer is going to be able to lay hands on you and they'll recover. How can that happen? The power that is within them. Amen.